Welcome to Parenthood Pals. I'm Caleb Hoyer. And I'm Melissa Fight Johnson. And I'm so happy to have with us today a friend who I have not seen in years and years. A great friend I made at NYU, Crystal Mosser Anderson. Hi, Crystal. Welcome, Crystal. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) So glad that you're here virtually with us. (laughs) Where are you joining us from? I am currently in Alexandria, Virginia, about 10 miles south of DC. Awesome. The last time I saw Crystal was in Alexandria when I was on tour with the Bridges of Madison County in DC. And we, she had us over for lunch and I got to meet one of her babies. (laughs) It was great. That is a nice segue into tell us about Team Mosser and Team Anderson. Yes. Okay. So growing up, I had a little brother, Bob, and then a sister, Jessica, older sister, and then my mom and dad. And, you know, your typical Midwest Catholic (laughs) family. And then now Team Anderson, I always felt like I needed to have three kids because there were three kids in Team Mosser. So I've got Lincoln, baby Lincoln, Robert, named after baby Bob. and Elena and you know and my husband Justin of course (laughs) wonderful I really love that the three and three I think that's really beautiful and I agree I'm one of three as well it's a very good number right I was just I felt like no matter what you know if you were fighting with one of your siblings at least there was somebody else that you could go to you know (laughs) yeah oh I like that one of the best compliments I ever got my oldest sister who has two kids and was on the fence about having a third, and they ultimately didn't. But she said the thing that most tempted her to have a third was me. Because she's like, you know, it's like debating whether or not there should be another Caleb in the world. She's like, and that question, I'm like, yes. Clearly. (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. I know. It is sweet. It is. Well, last question for our newbies. What was your history with the television show Parenthood? I had never seen an episode before. So this, I kind of just jumped right in. And, but, you know, I feel like there is a universal kind of understanding when it comes to family. So that part of the show, I felt I just kind of knew intrinsically. Yeah. We were talking a little bit off mic before we started. This is such a throw you into the deep end episode because (laughs) it's the last one before the season is over. It's the second to last season of the show. So we're like 90 some episodes in almost. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) it's like, wow, this is a lot to take in for someone who hadn't seen it. But I'm so glad you were up for the challenge. (laughs) Thank you. Well, let's do it to it. That's always what it's is that your usual transition? (laughs) It's not at all. So today we're discussing Parenthood season five, episode 21. I'm still here. It was written by Ian Deichman and Kristen Rusk Robinson. It was directed by Scott Schaefer. It originally aired on April 10th, 2014. And here's the TV guide synopsis. Crosby asks Joel for help dealing with a housing problem. Julia talks to Sarah about her situation. Christina fights for the charter school while dealing with upsetting news, and Hank helps Amber cope with an issue. So in the last few episodes, we have been wondering why Julia, in the midst of her marital problems and separation, seems so gung-ho about dating other people. It's like, wouldn't you want some time, even if you were sure your marriage was over, 
before like jumping back on the horse, so to speak. <laughs> nope. Seems like she went right for it. I was really happy to hear her changing her tune a little bit in this scene with her sister. I slept with someone. Shut up. Evan Knight. Who? The teacher? The, he was at the record release party. Are you serious? Yeah. This is blowing my mind. With the glasses I know, and yes. the thing? It was a completely just him? in the moment thing, and I just, I don't know. Not I was talking to him. I, well, I was talking to him at the party, and we had this instant, and I just felt something that I've not felt in a long time for anybody other than Joel, and I just wanted to. And you did. And I did. Look and at I you. And I feel really bad about it now. Don't feel bad. Wh but it's You're in not... a very weird time. You never do stuff oh like this. Oh my god, but Sarah, this is not what I do. This is not who I am. It's I can okay. count on one hand the guys that I have slept with. One hand? You knew this. Come on. High school Gary Glassman, college Chris Mallow. Oh my god. Joel. Well, Evan Knight. About time you added to the. Well, well, are you kidding me? I'm in love with my husband. I know. I've been working so long to kind of make something happen there with us, and he's just been so unavailable to me, and I just, I needed to do something. Julia, it makes total sense, and it is okay, and you didn't do anything wrong. Do you want to see him again? I mean, is it that kind of. Well, I have to see him again because we're working together. All right. Well. Tell him it was a one-night thing, if, if that's what you want. Is that what you want? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. You wouldn't tell Adam Christina, though, because... Oh, my God. Max, teacher, Crosby, Crosby. thing. It's their fault. They should not hire such attractive people. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Julia's second-guessing her choice made me sympathize with her much more than I did in the last episode. And I thought, like Sarah put it well, it is a weird time that she's in. And I thought, indecision, I can understand. I had a hard time grasping the sudden conviction to sleep with someone. But mm -hmm. her thinking one minute that she wanted that and then regretting it the next minute, I was like, okay, that rings true. That you would just be like unmoored. What do I want? What do I do? Yeah. Or maybe just thinking it would make you feel better. And maybe it even did make her feel better. I mean, when she tells Evan that she wanted to break free which I thought was an interesting phrase because I'm like, that's a little vague. I'm not exactly sure what break free means, but maybe just get out of her own head a little bit and stop feeling so sad all the time and just have a, a like a literal break from her sadness and divorce trauma. And maybe that's what that was. I don't know. I thought it was interesting, like going through like a traumatic event, like losing somebody that you cared about for a long time or getting a divorce or separation or whatever. I'm like you, Caleb, that I sympathize a little bit with her now. I guess, you know, I don't know all of this, but because once you make a mistake or do something like this, all of a sudden I just can empathize and just, I feel that just the drop in your gut and you're just like, oh no, I didn't actually want to lose this. Mm. Right? Yeah. No, that's, this is something, this is my whole world. Like it all, if this falls apart, you know, not only does my heart break, but like the entire house shatters. Yeah. Right. I'm like you. I'm glad that she was able at least to to talk with her sister about that. And, you know, that gives me hope. I guess that conversation gave me hope that she's going to do what she can to make things right. Yeah. I, I guess it, it was clarifying for her. Yeah. If that's one lesson she can take away. Like, I mean, she said, I'm in love with my husband, which I think she knew all the time. But if she was wondering, like, how hard should I be holding on to that? 
well, maybe a little more. And even if he's not there, <laughs> you know, like, because he told her recently, like, we should move on. But maybe she now knows, okay, even if he's not going to be fighting to get back together, I'm not ready to move on. I need to process losing someone I'm still in love with. Yeah, it's just not worth it. Yeah. yeah. Now, they said that they didn't think they should tell Adam and Christina, which I happen to agree with. But if she and Joel were to ever get back together, she Ooh. would have to tell him, right? Or is there any reason why? Yeah, just don't even tell him. It was a one-time thing. I mean, I I personally couldn't live with myself yeah. because I really feel like the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So if you're going to be inherent, inherently dishonest and trying to start this relationship anew, it just, it doesn't read right. Like, it's just, I feel like she'd have to be, you know, right? Yeah. I, I feel like she probably should, but without a sense of like, hopefully like guilt or shame about it, like. It, it's not the choice I would have made, but that's because I know myself and I would have been too sad to, to move on that quickly. And I I don't think I could be like literally intimate with somebody who I just met. And, and especially if I were still like in love with my husband, like just that wouldn't have worked for me. But I, she didn't do anything wrong, quote unquote, because Joel had said, we're not working on this, you know? And I personally don't know if it was like a smart decision as far as like if you're hoping to get back together with your spouse maybe you you give that a little more time but I don't think she did anything wrong so I think it would just be a good idea to tell him just so that you are starting back on a like with a clean slate but not out of a sense of like I've betrayed you because I don't think I don't think it's the same as like cheating on him at this point you know so I think it's just let's just lay our cards on the table let's just know what happened? And there's no need to go into great detail. I don't even know if you right. have to say who it was. You know, you just. Yeah. Yeah. Although it does make me really glad that she didn't do that with Ed, because if she ever gets back together with Joel, she can way more convincingly say this didn't mean anything. Yeah. It was me. Breaking free. Yeah. Breaking free <laughs> in this like limbo time. And that's all it was. Whereas if she said, yeah, I slept with Ed, that guy you were convinced all along <laughs> I had feelings for, like that would be hard. So she was smart about that. That's a good point. Yeah. And I also said, I didn't think she even would have to tell him who it was because it is some random guy that Joel doesn't even know. But I do yeah. think it would be dishonest to say, yes, I did sleep with someone while we were apart. And Joel's like, who is it? It's like, doesn't matter. But if it were Ed, I think it would matter. So I think, yeah. Yeah. Now, speaking of Julia's sexual partners. Yes, I have <laughs> thoughts on this. <laughs> okay, I, I have a feeling we're going to have the same thought. Okay, She named the men. Yes. But we have met an ex of Julia's that she did not mention. Let's name him on the count of three. One, One two, two, three. three. Tim. <laughs> so are we to understand that Joel was all mad about this guy coming over and like trying to steal Julia from him, but they never even slept together? What kind of really, that's, that's no threat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, was that whole insisting that she, like this was only the fourth person she'd ever slept with. This is maybe a tangent, but I remember once watching like an interview once about the pilot episode of Friends and they like pulled the audience to see if the audience found it forgivable after Monica has a one night stand with Paul, the wine guy. And they were worried that everyone would write Monica off as like 
quote unquote slutty. And luckily people thought it was okay. So like, whew. But I'm like, are they making sure that we realize that Julia may have just slept with someone, even though she's technically married, but this was only the fourth person she's ever been with. She's no slut. Like, do you know what I mean? Like I, I was like, why this whole insistence? Like, I thought it was an interesting choice. And yeah, and then not even to have her have slept with someone who she had a big history with. I, I'm convinced. You just convinced me. <laughs> I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. What at that point, yes. Thank you. And see, I felt like it was just in keeping with her being kind of uptight uh, and by the book. Like, remember when she wouldn't have sex on the carousel in the park or something? Like, oh, yeah. That's right. She was very rigid or like she didn't want to fool around with her husband in the pool. A public pool. Julia doesn't do this. She's... She's very straight-laced. That does make sense, too. All right. I like that more. But I, yeah, I wonder. I don't know. Now on to Joel's sexual partners, or should I say potential sexual partners. We had a bit of a bombshell here. Joel, why don't you just get your toolbox and head over there? What? What? Why? Because you're going to do it eventually. You might as well get it over and done with. Ah. Yeah, because I'll feel guilty otherwise. No, because you're a family man because it's what matters to you. It's probably why you haven't responded to me. God knows I've given you enough signals. Okay, that got real. Uh, let's go back to work, yeah? Yeah. yeah. So Pete was after him the whole time. <laughs> I did not remember that. No, I didn't either. I, I sort of felt shocked. <laughs> and I, I'm like, what is this terrible memory I have? I've seen this show twice before. Yeah. How did I not remember that at all? But Crystal, Joel and Pete have been working together all season. And Julia was kind of paranoid. Like, is something going on there? And nothing was ever going on there. But now it turns out there is. she was kind of right. I mean, Joel didn't know it, but Julia knew it. Well, women have that like fifth sense, right? I mean, I have a funny story, but probably not appropriate. But all of a sudden. <laughs> well, that's such a tease. Like, I don't know. You want to tell it and then maybe we cut it out? Yeah. Okay. So, you guys. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is such Thanks. a crazy thing to say. Anyway. <clears throat> wow. Huge segue. Sorry, guys. No. That's all right. No. that's Now, similar question. I don't know. <laughs> Have either of you ever had someone cop to feelings for you in a, like maybe a professional setting oh. in a way that wasn't like, I didn't feel like she was harassing Joel or necessarily that it was inappropriate. It seemed more like a confession that she realized was never going to be realized Yeah, or yeah. acted upon. Has anything like that happened? I've been with Mark for so long. I mean, like 19 years. So my entire teaching career, I've been with Mark. I don't think anyone's ever like said anything while I've been, you know, with him or anything like that. I think it's happened, but it wasn't that pointed and it wasn't such an offer or like a dangle of the, the treat. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love um, that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that imagery is the worst. No, it's good. It's good. <laughs> I, think, I think it was more of like um, this one instance in particular, when I was at NYU, this person was just like, you know, I like you, right? You know, and, and, uh, I, you know, Oof. so, 
but it wasn't it wasn't like what that was that that was you know it's so direct it makes me wonder like are most people that direct with it like I feel like usually it's more like you're dropping some hints and you see if they pick up on the hints and so yeah, you feel it out a little yeah and I thought it was such an interesting choice to have Pete just unequivocally say that and prove Julia right you know for for having this suspicion I mean I thought you were going to ask a different question before Caleb which was have you ever suspected someone might be interested like in your spouse and oh well that's a good one I have thought that before um like my husband I think is also quite handsome and he's also like an elementary school teacher so he works with a lot of women and not a lot of men and he's super comfortable around women he was like raised by a single mom a lot of his friends are women but like it is interesting. Every once in a while, I'd be like, I think I can tell the difference, <laughs> you know, between like <laughs> somebody just being like, and, and yeah, it's, and it, a couple of times I've mentioned something and not, not because I didn't trust Mark, but I was just like, you might look out for that. Like, you know, and Mark has, I think said that to me before too, like you might look out for that. And so I think you're maybe far more likely to pick up on it with someone else than for someone, especially if you're married to just like, explicitly say what Pete said, you know? And, and so that, I wondered if that was like a TV thing, <laughs> like let's just drop a bombshell. But I think usually people sneak around a little, which I don't know, and just see what, see if something will happen. And hopefully if you're in a good situation, a good marriage, nope, you're just like met with people feigning, like, I don't know what you're talking about. And just, <laughs> you know, and yeah, I don't know. Well, and that raises a good point of, I understand why the show might want us to know that, yes, Pete had a crush all along. I have a harder time explaining why why Pete as a person would say that. Because it seems like she's aware that it's not going to happen. Wouldn't she keep that to herself then? Because now she's basically admitting defeat. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know anyone who likes doing that. Or is this like her last ditch effort? Like, Maybe Joel will go, you did? Let's go. I also thought, yeah, you're just making things awkward at work now. What are you doing? Like, it's not like this was their last day of working together. Presumably, (laughs) they're going to keep working together for years. So that boggled my mind. I I could not think of a good reason why, if this were a real person, she would say that. It seemed entirely a creation for the show. But Crystal, what do you think? I mean, like, can you think of a situation where a person might say this? No, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I personally <laughs> try to protect my ego at all costs. Right. So, like, just smart. I don't sign up to humiliate myself. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, like you, like you said, you're like you drop hints or whatever, and so you know, it's like you're you're feeling each other out. Like, am I going to be successful if I admit this? But why would you admit that <sighs> if you're not a hundred percent sure that you're going to walk home with him? Yeah. Right. It just makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And then I'm like, um, okay, is Pete just like more enlightened than I am or like just so confident that she can just say this knowing it won't work and just go about her day and just be like, I feel fine after that revelation because I would obsess about it until I died. I'd be like, what have I done? That was such a mistake. He didn't know I could have been so cool about it, but I wasn't. Yeah, I don't get it at all. I mean, does she say it to everybody? She's just like, I mean, maybe this one will take, you know? That's maybe a it's line. Just a power move. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. You know. 
She just walks up to every construction worker on the site. She's like, will this work with you? Usually. I'm hot hot and British, you know? (laughs) (laughs) You look look good today. Yeah. Yeah. Lord knows I've dropped enough hints, you know? I mean, we were talking about dropping hints, but literally... Her move is to say she's been dropping hints. You can't say you're this breezy. The season's almost over. They're running out of time. Yeah. You've got to just make things clear. You can't say you're breezy. It negates the breezy. I'm just right. the... Anyway. Ugh. Well, so we got some like overlapping storylines here. So Joel was wondering whether he should go help Crosby or not. He ends up helping him. That leads to them spending some time together discussing what else, their family... So they're out of there. They're selling the house. Yeah. Can you believe that? Zeke Braverman selling his house. Yeah. It's like the foreshadowing of the apocalypse. Yeah. The raining frogs or the Cubs winning the <laughs> World Series. It's scary. How is, uh, how's Julia doing with that? Well, she's, uh, she's pretty darn busy. You know, I, I don't know if you know that Adam and Christina are starting this charter school and she's been yeah, working on that yeah, with them. So she mentioned something about that. I think she's been distracted probably with that. Adam and Christina starting a school. I guess that was bound to happen, right? Ugh. You know, they're so obnoxiously good, mm. those two. It's so in your face. Yeah, it's just the worst. They're starting a school. It's disgusting. Trying to better the city and now this. That's a good floor, man. Yeah. I, know. I would not have that good floor without you, so... <laughs> It's also spore-free in there. There you go. Yeah, feel free to take deep, deep breaths. <laughs> this is a great house, man. I'm so glad you guys are happy here. Yeah, we are. This is... It's been a good place. How are you doing? Uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Maintaining, yeah. you know. Cheerleading for the kids. I don't know. I feel like I'm in this limbo of sorts. You know, I visit my old life and I get these little pieces, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't recommend it. Well, we all miss you a ton, so. Thanks, buddy. What do you think the purpose of that scene was? I'm curious what Crystal thinks being dropped in on this episode. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what did you make of those two characters and their relationship? Because I think if that was my first time seeing them, especially all season, I might have a very different opinion than I do have. So, well, I guess initially I was kind of like, it felt like they didn't know each other that well. So it felt a little uncomfortable, a little disjointed, the conversation. But I also feel like maybe the the scene serves as an opportunity for us to feel feelings for Joel to be like, oh no, like man, this is really hard on him. Yeah, I I thought um, this is not my serious answer. My joke answer was it was to make <laughs> us all really like both of those guys again <laughs> because I thought it was the most like I liked that. I, I kind of I had missed them if that makes sense. Like. I was like, Joel is funny in this episode. He had not been funny in a very long time. So I was like, oh, the return of funny Joel. And like Crosby was pretty winning. And, you know, even though he was needing help and, you know, and all of that, it was, he was appreciating Joel and he was doing his best to do it on his own when Joel wasn't helping him and he wasn't like just throwing a fit or something. And so it felt really nice. I think it felt like the core of who they were. Um, I also wonder if it's like, okay, we're wrapping up the season 
maybe they don't want to like get Julia and Joel back together per se, but maybe they want to do what they often do, which is like lead it into an ambiguous direction where if the show didn't come back for a sixth season, you'd have some hope that maybe they get back together. You know, and I thought that like Joel saying things like he didn't recommend it, like being separated and and sounding wistful about his life instead of sounding angry, which is what we've been hearing from him for a long time. I, I thought maybe it was like, oh, okay, you know, maybe if he really does just have some time, like he kept telling Julia he needed, maybe then there is hope. So I, I wondered if that was it and just to check in on those characters and have Crosby almost just be an audience stand in so we would know what Joel was was feeling. Yeah. 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 I like both those answers because Crystal, like you said, just to get us to feel for him, you wouldn't have known this, but I feel like the last several episodes have been very much sympathetic towards Julia. Like she showing us that she really wants to fight for the marriage and that he seems a little more removed and checked out, which does make you feel for Julia. And this was a nice reminder of like, this is not easy on Joel either. And then Melissa, I also thought maybe that was it of like showing us maybe a path back or that he longs for it. Mm. Like, especially I didn't play this part, but right after that clip, Crosby takes out his phone and is showing a video of his family And I thought, why would they be showing us this? And I thought it must just be so that Joel is missing his own family. Like he has this exact same thing and he has kind of removed himself from it. it. This whole scene reminded me of a review we read a long time ago of the show that said one of the things family members talk about the most is other family members. And I thought, this scene really embodies that. They're yeah. just talking about, oh, the parents are selling the house and Adam and Christina are obnoxiously goody two-shoes as <laughs> ever and Julia is doing this and and also just the sadness of like a spouse having to ask what is going on with their yeah. partner. Yeah. That dynamic was very palpable in this and in Julia and Joel's later scene of like, oh, they feel like strangers. Yeah. Yeah. I want to also add Crosby says it's like the end of the world, the apocalypse, like the Cubs winning the World Series. Uh-huh. The Cubs would win the World Series two years after this episode aired. Whoa. <laughs> Listen to me. I just looked up something sports. Really. <laughs> now, I don't mean to like take us down a weird road or anything, but I have to ask this. Why do you think that Joel doesn't at all entertain the idea of being with Pete? Like, I do think it's an interesting choice for the show to show us that Pete was interested. And we see that Joel doesn't follow up or anything. And in fact, seems to miss Julia maybe for the first time in a long time. And, you know, for whatever reason, Julia, like part of her grieving process was to be with someone else. And I don't mean that like one of them's right, one of them's wrong necessarily. I think Joel's style is much more my style, so that can feel more right to me, but I don't think that that means it's right. It's just the one I relate to. But I I thought it was such an interesting thing. Like, you know, like they're they're so gender flipped 
with their gender roles, like, you know, Julia was, was the worker and Joel stayed at home. And when that switched, their whole lives fell apart. But it seems like even this is not what you would expect. You would expect like the man, if they're separated, you know, in a quote unquote, you know, like, oh, but they're animals. They can't help themselves. And, <laughs> and women are chaste and pure, you know, like, I mean, just ask Adam Braverman. That's what he thinks, you know, men and women are like. So it's an interesting choice, right? For like, Joel to not even think about it. Like they're separated. He could easily just sleep with her and not do anything. I, like, I don't know. Why do you think the show made that choice? Does anyone have any thoughts? I mean, I think that it's, it's a lovely, refreshing, different take. I mean, yeah. like you just said, like it is such our expectation for the man to just be like, all right, ladies, like who's first? <laughs> um, right? Hall and pass. So, <laughs> that's like a movie title. <laughs> <Hall pass. laughs> yeah. I think it's a much more interesting choice yeah. to, to have the man just be like, it's not even on his radar. Yeah. And for the woman to be the one who made, makes that mistake. I don't know. I feel like that's a much more gut wrenching option because, ugh, yeah. oh, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, that's in, that's an interesting point. I agree. For the first time, it makes me wonder: Did that play any part in him missing Julia? Like you said, he misses her for maybe the first time. I don't know that they made this explicit at all, but is it maybe like he always thought Julia was crazy for thinking that, and now mm. he realizes, oh, maybe she was picking up on something because she's really smart and <laughs> she wasn't being crazy. I mean. She was sometimes about <laughs> what, how she reacted to it, but it wasn't based on nothing. Yeah. Does that maybe crack open a little wow. forgiveness or a little understanding? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'd never thought that before. Well, and I didn't even think of it that way, but I love that. I think that's better than what I thought. What I thought was the way that Julia slept with someone and it made her realize she didn't really want to sleep with anyone else. I think maybe Joel just getting like attention from another woman made him like, I don't really want anyone else to say things like that to me. I'm uncomfortable by it. It's not exciting to me. I kind of just miss what I had, you know, like, I don't know. I think that, but, but maybe it's all of it or something, you know? I feel like it's all of it. I feel like it's definitely both because I feel like, first of all, to give Julia, I mean, I I didn't see her go crazy, but like, (laughs) I, I personally... I, I think that I wouldn't react too well either if I'm just like, no, no, no. Like that person is gunning for you. Yeah. Like, l- please take me seriously. It's not that I don't trust you. It's that that person yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. Right. And then if I was getting blown off, like I would, that would be hard for me. So I do, I feel for you, Julia, in that sense. I don't know what she did. If it's bad <laughs> behavior, then, then no. But, but I think you're right. I think, I think that it did crack open some enlightenment yeah. Right. And then, it, you know, all of a sudden it gets a little gross. Like he wasn't prepared. This is not the avenue that he was looking to take right now. And so, yeah, I think that that in a way probably would point him toward back towards her. Yeah. Right. I think so. Yeah. Well, and while we're on the subject, I do want to say, like, I think it's really interesting to note, like when you say he wasn't expecting this again, it's such a cliche to think that men will always want to be hit on and like women are usually like, you know, uncomfortable to be hit on. But I think men can very easily be un- made to feel like uncomfortable. You know, I don't care that she is like, you know, beautiful. She's also like his boss and his coworker. And that's a really uncomfortable moment for a person, you know. And, and if you're a person like Joel who isn't looking to like just hook up with random people, he's probably a little like, 
what did you just do? <laughs> like, why would you make our work environment uncomfortable this way? And I, I yeah, it, again, it's a really interesting take. And I, I love that it doesn't make those assumptions because not all men are the same, you know, and not all women are the same. Like not all people are. So yeah, I would hate it if some coworker of mine hit on me. I'd be like, what's happening? I mean, it would be just so uncomfortable. I mean, just, <laughs> it would not make my day. It would be awful. Yeah. So anyway. What did you make of Julia's encounter with Evan. So, the other night. The other night. Was, um, nice. Nice. But clearly, um, I got ahead of myself. Okay. So, even though we had a, it was. Nice. <clears throat> we, we just can't do it that, again, I'm going through a really difficult time with my marriage. It's okay, I, I understand. I do. I don't want you to feel like I was taking advantage of you. T taking advantage of me? That's not... Yeah. <laughs> Come on, that's <clears throat> not so. what... Oh, Julia, you, you are an amazing, beautiful, incredibly sexy woman. <laughs> okay, you were not taking advantage of me. We were, we were just, we were having fun, that's all. Yeah. We, yeah, we had fun, okay. I wasn't just having fun. I really needed to break free. So I'm glad I got to break free with you. Me too. Good. Good. Can you not tell Adam and Christina? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I think that would be weird. Yeah, might be strange. Good. So we're good. Yes. We're good. Okay, we're good. Okay. How'd she do? I mean, I feel so uncomfortable by the break free comment. Yeah. Like, could you just leave it at have fun? <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting distinction. Now that you say it bothered you, I think I totally know what you mean. Because I was thinking, oh, I really like that she made that distinction. But I think I like that she makes the distinction for herself. I'm not sure he needs to know that. Hmm. Like, I like that she's realizing, oh, this wasn't meaningless. It did have meaning beyond just fun. But I'm not sure he needs to know that, especially if you're not intending to have any more connection with that person. It's like, yes, let them think it was fun. His feelings are not hurt. That's great that she clarified it. It's great that they're on the same page. And then she can keep that tiny little revelation for herself and uh, doesn't need to fill him in on it. Yeah, if this is going to be a musical, that should have been her turning to the audience. <laughs> yeah. And to the, the, her fourth wall and being like, hey, that was good for me. I broke free. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that was not a, that should not have been a line directed at him. Yeah. Especially because she didn't want more. Yeah. Right. I can't believe I haven't said until now. This is a total sidebar. What an amazing singer Crystal is. Aww. That is what <laughs> she was at NYU for. And oh my gosh, she has one of the most incredible Aww. voices you've ever heard. She can sing opera.
She can see wow. Brock. sing everything well now i wish that we had a song called break free that you could sing right now <laughs> and we could imagine what the musical version I of this episode to break free you could just sing that <laughs> yes yes oh my that would god be pretty great tell me if you agree when they again brought up don't tell adam and christina and he says absolutely not it doesn't feel to me like this is a setup for it to come back and bite them in the ass later. It feels like, oh, they actually intend never to talk about this again and no one's going to find out and it's not going to be drama. Did it strike you that way? or Because I feel like that is what parenthood would usually do. Is don't tell them. Right, because we want the secret blown later. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it would be that big of a deal the way that... Crosby sleeping with Minka Kelly. Well, Gabby, <laughs> he didn't actually sleep with the actress <laughs> Minka Kelly. Um, I don't think. I mean, I don't know. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm tired. Um, no, I don't. I don't think it's the same thing because Crosby was actively engaged. He cheated on her with this woman, so they couldn't be together. And she really liked Crosby, so she quit. It was a whole thing. I do not get the sense that any of that's going to happen here. You know, Evan yeah. was maybe a little like. Oh, just said it was nice. Okay, like maybe it was a little damaging to his ego a bit, but I don't think he was in love with her or even had much. You know, I think he was just attracted to her, and I think he means it when he says, "Oh, that was just fun." And I think it won't be that weird for them to work together. And I think they're very lucky because I do think that if that made him quit being headmaster, then it would be just like yeah. It would be just like Gabby no longer being the the behavioral aid all over again. And then they would be like, what the hell is the matter with our family? Or more specifically, <laughs> Christina would be like, what's the matter with your family? <laughs> so, yeah. But I, I don't get this. And I also don't know that the show wants to play that card again. Like, they've already done that so and they already drew attention to like oh this is just like that time yeah with with sarah's comment true in fact they've already played it so much that i'm i'm almost like why play it again at all but you know maybe it's interesting to see it you know go down differently i don't know i think that's an interesting point that they are using the same storyline yeah. twice and so yeah so i think that it would make sense that the the result is different each time so i think that the assumption that this is just going to be like next yeah next scene yeah. Next dramatic circumstance, please. Yeah. And Julia yeah. was really taking quite a risk. I mean, they are lucky that it seems to be no big deal. I mean, I yeah. didn't even think about that. I was just thinking about the risk she was taking with her potentially wanting to maybe get back together with her husband down the line. I wasn't even thinking, like, don't blow this school opportunity for Adam <laughs> and Christina. Wow. So now I have another question about what does a scene mean? Okay. And it was the final scene between Julia and Joel, which I loved. I did too. But why did I love it? Hey. Hi. Hi. Is everything okay? You're picking up the kids today, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no, sorry. I um, I was on my way to the site, and I just, I know the dishwasher's still quitting mid-cycle, so I thought I'd swing by and oh. know, give it a 
stab. Thanks, I fixed it. I mean, oh, yeah, it oh. was leaking all over the floor. I couldn't wait, so I called the plumber. But thank you cool. so much. Yeah, shoot, no problem. Um, <laughs> um, I hear your family's selling the house. Yeah, yeah, end of an era. How are you feeling about that? I mean, I know that place means a lot to you. Uh, I'm okay. I never really thought of it as property, you know? It's just always home, so it's a little weird. Yeah. I mean, until this home. But, um, I'm glad for them. They want to move on, so. How did you hear? Uh, Crosby told me I was over at his house uh, patching up a, a hole in the. Oh no! I don't. <laughs> oh, you didn't have to do that. You no, know I that, don't. right? I don't want you to feel obligated to. Yeah, and I don't. Okay, I don't. he's a grown man. That's debatable, but okay. he. Yeah, no, I was happy to do it. Thank you. Okay, well, I'm gonna get to work. Okay. It was nice to see you. Yeah. Yeah, you too. Aw. Yeah. I loved that scene. I mean, I'm sure I loved it because they've not had a scene where they're nice to each other in a long time. <laughs> yeah. But what do you think it means that he showed up? Is he just testing the waters? And like, I also thought it would be so tempting if you were Julia to ask him, why are you here? Like, why... Why is this conversation so much more pleasant than others? But I I felt innately like it was wise of her not to ask. Just let it happen. Yeah. Do you agree? I agree on both counts. Yeah. 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 I, I think that I my personality, I would have a hard time not asking, like, why are you here? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I would just be like, Well, does it is this good news? Like you yeah. being here, is this is this good for me? So I, I I appreciate her restraint. I do not understand it. Uh, <laughs> I bet she doesn't understand it. She's usually not restrained at all. It was a good moment for her. I think she's learned maybe that that doesn't work with Joel because last time she sort of pushed because oh. she had to know. She was like, look, are we seeing other people or aren't we? And he was like, if you have to know, if you have to push, then no, we are not working on this marriage. We are not. And so I wonder if she's like, I need to not ask him. I need to not press it. This is the first lesson she's learned. Ever. Ever? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good point. I just wondered if that was it because normally I think you're absolutely right. She would say, what does this mean? Is this good? Is it? And I think, you know, I think honestly, if sleeping with Evan did anything for her, like emotionally, like maybe what it did was make her calm down a little and like, how do I Break put free? this? Break free. <laughs> but like, you know, if you're like, what does that mean? It's kind of like when my students are like, I feel like the essay flows really well. And I'm like, what do you mean by that though? What is flow? And so like, what does break free actually mean? Maybe what it means is like, I was so obsessed with my marriage and the state of it and what's happening. Are we getting back together? Or are we not? You know, and it's all I could think about. And maybe it gave her something else to think about, which gave Joel the space that he was actually begging her for 
once he gets it, mm. he has a chance to miss her. You know, he has a chance to like, and so it's a weird thing to say that maybe sleeping with someone else is going to ultimately help them. But maybe, you know, things happen. I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting the way. You, however you phrase that, it was very <laughs> persuasive. Well, thank you. And like, <laughs> Melissa, like you thought like all the way around that. I like, did. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, and, and then <laughs> I really do think she broke free. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what she needed to break free of. Yeah. Oh no. Brilliant. Yeah. Thank you. Well, Julia and Joel's storyline in this episode kind of dovetailed with a couple others. So Crosby and his house and his mold and whatever. <laughs> I'm not that invested. Here was the one note I took on that specific storyline. So at the end, Crosby's sitting there with Jasmine and he said, I got us back in our house. And I thought, does Crosby deserve any credit for getting them back in the house? I can't help but feel like Jasmine had to have been able to do it at least as well as him, if not probably way better. I will I will make the comment that I found it very, um, very interesting that Joel literally tells Pete like, well, I told him, you know, to go tankless, you know, replace it. Does he listen to me? And then we also find out that, yes, he literally told Crosby, like, you know, remember I told you about that in the attic and we had been wondering in a previous episode we're like well Joel helped him with that house how could Joel let that slide no he didn't (laughs) the signs were all there the signs were all there Crosby ignored them yeah and so for Crosby to be like I got us back here it's like yeah but you also got them away from there. They would just have still been there if not for you. You would have 14,000 extra dollars and just like, I don't know. I just, I I, I have trouble with Crosby this season. I, I don't want to give him any credit because I'm like, you're a man child is what you are. So, yeah. but it was cute to see Jabbar like sliding around on his socks on the hardwood floors. Yeah, I'm glad Aww. they're back. Me too. I'm glad for all the innocence yeah. in this situation. Not Crosby, no. but... Well, you know, it would just be nice if he learned anything. I, other than now I can, you know, do hardwood floors. That's the takeaway. Isn't the takeaway I should <laughs> listen to people who know what they're doing so I don't have to bug them for free labor later? Um, I don't know. It's whatever. <laughs> the other storyline that this overlapped with was Adam and Christina pursuing this building. I was wondering when they were saying, well, it's in our price range. What is their price range and whose money is it? Who's paying for this? Do they have any money to throw around? Or is this funding when you open a charter school, do you get public funds in order to purchase the facility? Or I didn't Google that, but mm. I, didn't. I just thought, where's this money coming from? I'm sure it's a lot. And I don't think they're rolling in excess money after their, you know, insane house with the gargantuan yard and Adam's recording studio. And I don't know, Christina's cancer treatments. I just, it also did not seem like one of those buildings that I'm like, Oh, of course this is in your price range. It is in disrepair. It was like a beautiful building that like needs some paint. And they're like, Whew, this is tricky. Like, what are we going to do? I don't know. <laughs> and I also cannot take credit for this thought because it is not my original thought. I don't unfortunately remember where I read this, but I was like doing some, like looking up something for some podcast episode and someone mentioned, I am just don't understand why Adam and Christina didn't buy Zeke and Camille's house for the school. And I'm like, Oh, oh. why didn't 
they? Like, they could just have the family home be this school, and it would have been, like, such perfect timing. Although, didn't but... they say they were going to have, like, 40 students? Is yeah. Big for that? Maybe not. But still, they could have it outside under the beautiful light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Night classes for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe that wouldn't work. But I thought, does it have to be a traditional school? I mean, 40... I mean, you're having a bunch of classrooms. Couldn't you set up bedrooms to be classrooms? I don't know. Like, they're talking about putting up partition. I just thought it's not a... I teach at a school of 1,600 kids. Like, you know, Zeke Camille's house isn't going to do that. But, uh, you know, like, I don't know. It's a big house. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> they didn't do that. They're doing this instead. It's fine. And, and, and I, yeah, <laughs> I just thought it was an interesting point. I don't know why they never considered that. Maybe because they think of it as a house and not a school. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Christina's pursuit of this building brings back from the past Bob Little. <laughs> I did not think he was in another episode. No. He's like a cockroach. <laughs> Just when you think he's gone forever, he crops up again. Yeah. Their scene together, I thought, was a nice illustration that Christina is fundamentally different. Mm-hmm. than she was before cancer. Yeah. Because I felt like her gumption just going in there for a meeting and asking him for what she wants. No. And then especially at the end when she's like, you know why you should do it? Because it's the right thing to do. That doesn't feel like season one or two, Christina, at all to me. Yeah. It feels like very in keeping with this new, like, well, what do I have to lose? Go ask him. Yeah. That's true. My my favorite is <laughs> very invested. My favorite moment of gumption from Christina was when she was just holding Nora, you know, just holding her baby, and she was like, "Mommy's just gonna get that building." Like, and everybody else, I is, love that. Yeah, everybody else is like, "Well, no," kind of like talking down to her a little. Like, I don't think it's gonna work out. You don't understand. She's like. You don't understand. Like, mommy wants the building. She's getting the building. <laughs> it was just very funny. While and a little baby. baby going, now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Now that I know you have a, a tiny baby, Crystal, I'm like, just picturing you. Just being like, mommy's going to get that. All right, Lincoln, you coming with me? Like, I don't know. And I just really I enjoy I love it. that. Yeah. 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 Just, why not? <laughs> But maybe she already knew. She's like, oh, I have to go through Bob Little. So, like, maybe she had information that we didn't know yet. And Well, I kept waiting in that scene. I'm like, does she pull out the fact that she could have revealed her dirt on Bob and Amber in the campaign and didn't? And then does she, like, use that as leverage? Like, Bob, I could have ruined you and I didn't. Now you give me this building. But she didn't bring that up. No. And I once she didn't, I was like, okay, it's actually much better that she didn't yeah. because I think it shows that she learned a different lesson. Not get dirt on people. It helps you win later. But <laughs> just say what you're thinking. Yeah. Be direct. Yeah. She was direct. She didn't need her leverage. Yeah, She didn't seem to want to get the building that way. She wanted it by appealing to his morality. I guess it's buried in there somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> This episode also saw the farewell to Gwen. Oh. My memory of the show was that they made a much bigger deal of Gwen than I ever thought she really deserved. But I felt very different on this rewatch. Every time she cropped up, I thought it made an impact. And she's certainly the best friend we've seen any of these characters make. Yeah. They all just hang out with their family. They never have any friends. No. The cast is too big. They don't there's no room. Yeah. If someone gets a friend, they they she dies. Like that's what happens. Yeah. Gwen probably was only in like five, six episodes. 
I'm like, well, that's five, six episodes more than anyone else. Well, maybe like two episodes more than Kelsey, Amber's friend for 10 minutes in season two. You know, it's like, who's the other friend? Um, the Lessings, except they don't like the Lessings. So I don't know if that yeah. counts. Yeah, they're obligatory friends. Yeah. Anyway, all this to say, I thought Gwen actually deserved the farewell that the show gave her. And I, you know, I didn't cry at Christina's scene with her. Not because it wasn't moving, because it was. I think it's because I'm watching this so analytically that I was distracted by how good Monica Potter was in Mm. that scene. Because 90% of her dialogue, she wasn't talking about anything emotional. She was giving her updates on the school and how the kids were doing. Yeah, that's true. The dialogue was all mundane. But what she was doing was so not mundane. It was so emotional. And I thought, how are you able to muster that emotion while talking about real estate? Like that that to me is like, well, you're just an incredible actor then. That's how you did it, I guess. And then it feels like voodoo to me or something. (laughs) I can't believe you could do that. Magic. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even think of that, Caleb. And now that you say it, I'm like retroactively appreciating her her scene even more. I mean, I thought it was a good well, scene, I even, but I even yeah. thought about playing a clip of it, and I'm like, but there's nothing to listen to. She's talking about Adam. Adam is not so sold on the building, but you know, it needs some paint, it needs some TLZ. That's all she talks about. Yeah, she did say she she does say at the end that she loves her, mm-hmm. and that really got me. Even though I, it wasn't new a news flash. It's like, yeah. I know that Christina loves Gwen, but just hearing her say it and knowing it was probably the last time and not being sure if Gwen heard it. Oh, Oof. it was a really Aww. heart-wrenching moment. Yeah. I thought they did a really good job with the pacing of Gwen. Like, I would have guessed that Gwen had died much earlier. And I thought it was probably very realistic. Like, so Christina's whole cancer storyline was last season. It ended season four, which is when I think we find out like close to maybe the season four finale that Gwen's cancer is back, you know? And so like, it took like a year for her to, to die. I'm like, that's probably pretty realistic. Like it, in that sense, it didn't feel like a TV death at all. Like even the fact that she was like at her house and her sister was there and she wasn't like in a hospital usually you would have Gwen like whisper something really dramatic, like on a lesser show, I think, but instead she just wasn't talking. And I, I thought well, this all feels pretty real. I mean, it's obviously meant to be a tearjerker and it was, and, but I thought, I thought they did a good job. It was pretty respectful. I thought so too. My only concern, because apparently I always have to have one rather than finding it touching that she had left the money and like they were going to name the school after her in a weird way. I was like, now it feels like she only existed to like be a fairy godmother or something. Like she just existed to like die and leave them money. Like I don't, that was just like a quick thought that I had. And for the most part, I don't think they treated her like that or anything, but it just dovetailed so perfectly in the same episode and everything that I don't know me saying that. Does that, what do you think? Yeah. It's a point I hadn't considered, but it's true. It's something I mean, it's the reason they don't have friends in the first place because they just don't give us any information about anyone who's not a Braverman. Even the Braverman in-laws, we know next to nothing about. And so like this, I think, was this the first time we knew that Gwen had a sister? Yep. And we don't know like what Gwen did for a profession. Yeah. We don't know if she was ever married. Does she have kids? 
does she have a family? We don't know any of that. All we do know is, well, she died and left them money. So that is kind of how she's defined. That's a good point. Yeah, that is a really good point. That's the purpose she served. Yeah. And like, I don't know that we knew her last name before. And so I just imagine them being like, well, we got to give Gwen a good last name. That would sound good with like Academy. So, you know, like, like as they're naming her, they're thinking what will, what will carry on into season six if there is one Chambers Academy. Oh, perfect. So it's Gwen Chambers. It's not Gwen Gross. I think we knew her name. Or did we know that? Okay. I hope so. I think when she met, she said, I'm Gwen Chambers. Hi, I'm Christina. You know that scene where Adam made fun of her and called oh, her yeah. a pirate? Oh, they, she should not leave Adam money. That's the first one. <laughs> That's terrible, but you're right. Okay, I hope she did say that because that's way less gross if it just happened to work out that what a great name for a school. But if they're like naming her in this episode, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, so anyway. Well, in Adam's defense, not on that topic, but a good word for Adam, I thought he was exemplary with Christina in this scene. She's gone. Oh, Christina, I'm sorry. I... I don't know. I mean, I just the last conversation I had with her, it's just, I guess, when I went to see her, you know, it wasn't really a conversation, because I was rambling about everything, about... about my life, about you, about the kids, about just everything, you know? I don't even know if she could hear me. Just, was she scared? You know, was she, did she feel alone? <laughs> and I'm still here. You know, I'm allowed to hold the kids. I'm allowed to be a mom. I'm allowed to be a wife and I can be a friend and a sister and a daughter, but she's not. <laughs> Why do I get to be here? Why do I get to be lucky she that. doesn't? You can't ask that. It's not right. It's not right. And I'm mad. That's okay. I'm mad. It's okay. It's okay. You can be mad. You can be angry. It's okay. It's not fair. That would be hard, I think, faced yeah. with the odds of survival to be the lucky one. Mm-hmm. You think, why did I deserve this? And she didn't. And yet I think Adam is also right. Like, you can't ask that. Not because it's not okay to ask it, but because there's no answer. Yeah. Ugh. But how could you not ask it also? Like, I, yeah. I don't... No, I thought he was great in that scene, too. I really loved that. Yeah. Sometimes he says exactly the right thing. I know. <laughs> Usually he doesn't. Well, <laughs> and I'm really glad that you clarified, like, that when he said, you can't ask that, it is because there's no answer. Because I sort of took it at first, like, like, the way that sometimes people think it's helpful to say, like, calm down or, like, don't cry when... That's not always a helpful thing to say. So I thought at first he was saying that and then he corrected himself like midstream, like he was starting to go that tactic and then was like, well, you, you should feel however you want. You, you know, it's like, like it's a, not fair. It's yeah. not fair. You're right. You know, and, and I, I, I like both takes, actually. I'm not sure which it is. Like if he just means you can't ask that because who could know or if he realizes I'm sort of telling her how to feel and I shouldn't let me correct that immediately. Uh, you know, either way, it's kind of cool. So I love how much, like how well you guys obviously know these characters, like <laughs> the nuances that you guys like are bringing up are so like awesome and Thank so you. fun. Like I would have not picked up on his redirecting himself in that, but yeah. Wow. You're right. What impression, if any, did you get from like, Christina and Gwen's friendship did you think they must have been like best friends for a long time or did it seem like 
this was a sort of superficial level friend? I don't know. I mean, when you go through something with somebody like that, I think Mm. that there's like an understanding. I don't know if it necessarily makes you guys best friends, but there's, you know, that that you've shared this experience that not everybody else has that you, you under, she, you know, going through cancer together, that there's a mutual understanding of, you know, how awful and awful and awful that would be. So I guess I I don't necessarily, I couldn't tell you what I think about their friendship. I just, I can empathize that if I had gone through something like that, then that person, I would cling on to them a bit um, because they understood me in a way on a, a deep like a level that you know my family wouldn't yeah I think that actually nails yeah why their friendship works because it is based around such a specific experience that no none of the other characters can share with her Mm -hmm. but they they could share in that very meaningful experience with one another and now Gwen was always kind of her um like her mentor in a way through that because she had gotten cancer first. So she was always saying, here's, here's what you should do. I'm looking out for you. I'm giving you my wisdom. And now to have that person gone, it would feel like not just your confidant, but also in some way, like your guide, like who's going to give me good advice now. Yeah. She got you through it. Now what? Yeah. That makes the loss feel more palpable to me because yeah, I, I think that really does articulate why they're so close relatively quickly. And yeah, she must feel so lost now. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't even really thought of that. Like the one person who understood what she had gone through is gone. So now she could try to explain it to other people. But with Gwen, there was a shorthand. She didn't have to try. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, I feel like this wasn't in the episode very much, but in real life, it would have to be, I think. Christina's only been cancer-free a year. And, you know, they said in one of the episodes, they don't use the word cured for, I think they said five years, but I feel like Beth, our guest, said 10 years. Wow. And um, I feel like Christina would have to see that and think hers came back. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no reason mine couldn't come back, too. And that would be sobering. Yeah. Well, on that note, let's talk about Drew and Natalie. (laughs) (laughs) The stakes are sure lower on that one. (laughs) Way lower. So here's my first inane observation. Natalie comes into Drew's dorm room and sees his mom there. And she says, oh, hey, Mrs. Braverman. How did Natalie know to call Drew Holt's mom Miss Braverman? Oh, good. I thought, wouldn't she assume that she was Mrs. Holt? Now she has met her. But maybe so maybe that's how. Oh, see, I was even forgetting that. I, all I was thinking is, well, she must know Drew well enough to have learned this mm. and remembered it. And it's not like that's deep. It's like, yeah, my parents are divorced. My mom has a different name. <laughs> but, no, that's a good point, though. You know, in the moment, it's like, how'd you know she was a brave woman? I had that moment. Like the only reason that I remembered this th- because their their meeting wasn't. <laughs> you know, earth shatteringly interesting or anything. <laughs> it was that election day. You remember that? And for some reason, Drew brings Natalie back when they're just like friends with benefits. And uh. Natalie says something like, oh, I knew Drew would have a cool mom. And Sarah's, oh, right. Sarah's like, does Drew know that or something? And you know, the fact that it was the election day and there were probably signs everywhere saying Christina Braverman. Christina oh, maybe, Braverman. maybe that's why. Yeah, yeah. That probably would have driven that home. Like, oh, your family is Braverman, even though your name is Holt. But 
but I still think that it's significant that like she doesn't like start to say Holt and then correct herself or something. Like she, I think she knows. she knows, she knows enough about him that she pays attention to little details like that. And I think that is a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like this episode had a lot of clarifications about various things. Like for instance, like Julia, why do you want to sleep with someone else so badly? Well, that was clarified. She didn't, or she thought she did, but she was wrong. She learned it. And now we as viewers know that. And we've been wondering, why did Natalie sleep with Drew's roommate? I did not remember this, but Mm -hmm. I feel like I was pretty much right. I think you were. Roll tape. (laughs) All right. Let's do this. You asked why I slept with Berto. I didn't even ask that. I was pissed at you, okay? So you wouldn't slept with Berto. Please let me get this out. doesn't make sense. Look, I know our entire thing was loose or whatever, and fine. I take responsibility for it. It was my idea. But that doesn't mean that I didn't like you. And then all of a sudden, Amy comes to town and you guys have all this history and she's so, she's so intimidatingly beautiful and she's smart and she's sweet and she like moves in here with you and it's like you're married for a month and I don't hear from you and you disappear and, and I guess I just felt forgotten. So I was pissed and I went and I slept with your stupid roommate. But it wasn't about Birdo. It was always about you. And trust me, I really wish I hadn't done it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's a pretty shitty thing to do to Birdo. Yeah. And I'm kind of surprised to say I thought this kind of made... Natalie looked pathetic. Mm. What I really wondered, though, was why do you think Drew seemed to forgive her so quickly once she explained? Like, it seemed, that's at least how I interpreted that okay. Like, all right, I'm not mad anymore. Like, would that really make him feel better? And then I thought, was his biggest concern that she actually liked someone he has such a low opinion of? (laughs) It's like, oh, no, her taste is that bad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, here, <laughs> my observation, I wrote in my notes, I was like, I'm curious what Drew wanted because he kept saying, like, you keep acting like you didn't sleep with Birdo. And I, and I was so confused by that because I'm like, she's literally never acted like she didn't sleep with Birdo. <laughs> like, That's she, true. She was... She was there in she his room. It. Yeah. She, she's never like, oh, no, this isn't what you think. It, it never was that. I think it was why I was so frustrated with the storyline. I'm like, he keeps acting like, well, Natalie's not even admitting she slept with Birdo. And, and, and I'm like, she is, though. What's happening? And so then I thought this was so interesting because then Natalie starts that conversation we just listened to with. She said, you asked why I slept with Birdo. And Drew says something like, I didn't ask that. But actually, I think that is what he was asking. He never used the words. He just kept saying, you keep acting like you didn't. She gets it. She knows what he wants. He wants, why did you? But for whatever reason, he's too like scared to say that or like like self-conscious or mad or I don't know. But he never actually says it. But once she explains it, I don't think he's mad anymore because I think he actually did just want to know why. But he just had a really terrible way of communicating that because <laughs> he didn't ask that question. He just kept insisting 
she was in denial and she wasn't. So I was so confused. But does that make any sense? Like she just like understood? I think it does. It's weird. I'm just blocked by how little I care. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like trying to understand the dynamics here. I'm like, who gives a shit? I- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I did not ha- feel any sort of way about them. <laughs> I think if you'd watched all season, you'd still you feel still that way. <laughs> I have to say, the fact that this Great. whole, this was literally a season-long arc. And this season was 22 episodes. And the fact that it ultimately resolved this quickly. I don't want to just be friends, you know? I, I don't want to sleep around with a bunch of people. I, I, I want you to be my girlfriend. Yes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. okay. Done. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's all it took? I know. I guess well, the kids. Yeah, it took them like nine months to become boyfriend and girlfriend. And I'm like. And I wasn't celebrating. I'm like, oh, finally they're together. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. I actually think they probably shouldn't be. Yeah. No. And right. I'm not that enamored with Natalie. I mean, I have to like Drew because he's one of the main characters. And I actually, I do like Drew. But <laughs> I'm like, huh, whatever. Can't you be gay? Season <laughs> <laughs> six. I tell you, that would have been a much better storyline. I stand better. I stand by it. Yeah, that I think that might be my least favorite storyline because some of the like other ones we've said that we didn't like very much were at least just a couple episodes. The, this did not deserve to be a 22 episode long arc or whatever. Like yeah. it just or had interesting uh. facets to them like Christina running for mayor. I still am a little like, "What? Did that happen?" But there were really interesting dynamics between her and Adam. And like, do you really believe in me? Do you support me when I want to do something you think is outlandish? I'm like, those are interesting questions. Yeah. Even though the storyline of you running for mayor is a little like, oh, <laughs> there was not was a any really. But there was not really any like interesting scene that arose out of the Drew and Natalie stuff. Except, I mean, like, him making up with Birdo was kind of fun. Yeah. Him turning to Amber for support was fun, but then that didn't involve Natalie or Birdo. No. Like, I don't know if that counts. The Drew Amy stuff was interesting this season, but not, right. not Drew Natalie. So, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Natalie. Sorry. Sorry, Natalie. Yeah. And she was handed shit. It was... Yeah. She had to polish to the turret. I think the it's actress. Not her fault. No, she couldn't. She, she's lovely. She she was a perfectly good actress, and I see why someone that age would really dig her because she's like very cool and very pretty. I like the way she talks. You know, she has kind of a cool voice and mannerisms and stuff. But yeah, that's me trying to care, and I just don't. So yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I I don't remember if she's in the season finale. I and spoiler alert. And this is just my memory, so it might not be a spoiler alert. I would swear she's not in the next season. Oh, I I don't remember for sure, but I think she might be. Okay, well, okay. we'll <laughs> we see. We shall see. We'll see. She certainly didn't leave an impact. <laughs> nope, on me we're not sure one way or the other. We're like she could be there, she might not be. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway. on to a slightly more interesting couple: Sarah and Hank. Hank. Bore his soul to her. Baird? Baird is the correct past tense, isn't it? I'm not Baird his soul to her in I the previous episode? I, I don't know. He told her how I he felt. Know. And he was waiting for a response. And I was most interested 
again, this theme of we get some clarification on where characters stand in certain situations. What is Sarah's attitude towards Hank now? Are they just friends? Is she harboring a crush? We didn't know, and we were wondering, and she clears it up for us. It was just really sweet. He was really expressive, which is hard for him. You know, he had clearly thought about everything he'd been feeling, and he really put it out there. He's sort of waiting for my response, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's been in therapy, and you can tell. I mean, you mm-hmm. can tell, because you can see the wheels turning. You can see he's really been working on certain things, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, but it's sweet. And we've had a great time this year, for the most part, working together. That shows everything. commitment to trying to make it work, right? Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you feel about him? I don't know all the time. I haven't really thought about what it would be like to be intimate again with him. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure why that is, if there's a wall there, because... You're worried because you might be on the spectrum. Yeah. (laughs) Because I can feel it sometimes. It's like another person with us, you know? But sometimes I forget about it and... Look, Sarah, I can't promise you that the guy can love you the way that you want to be loved, but I just, I have to root for him. When he's with Max, he's real present and he cares about him. He really does. I just, I gotta hope that he's capable of having a relationship, that there's somebody for Hank. Because I would like to think that there could be somebody for Max. Yeah. Me too. So. <laughs> I mean, look, you know, you could do a lot worse. I've done a lot worse, let's well, face it. I don't want to say that, but, you know, you have. <laughs> She's also done a lot better. I'll just say that, but, okay, that's my one snarky comment. All right, <laughs> what were you going to say, Crystal? Oh, I just, like, that That comment just is, like, kind of jolting. Could have could do a lot worse. <sighs> yeah. I mean, you're playing all this, like, nice, sweet music, like, all of a sudden, we're like, oh, this is so great. This is lovely. And then you could do a lot worse. Oh. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I feel like even in this episode, which is probably the most I've ever liked Hank, and I mean, really amazing driving Amber and stuff. But yeah, you're right. When when you get a line like that, it still feels like ultimately Sarah's big happy ending that we're gearing towards is her maybe settling. Like like she's trying to make some sort of grown-up choice or something. Like, this is a very smart decision, isn't it? Or yeah, or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like, she's trying to, like, talk herself into it. It's like, yeah. if you have to talk, if you haven't even thought about being intimate, like, again, if you, you know, you're like, I don't know how I feel about it, you know, yeah. um, in the state that he's in or whatever. Is that the one? Yeah. And your brother's like, well, give him a chance. That means my son might have love someday. So <laughs> it's up to you to validate that instead of find whatever love is going to be best for you. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good point that I hadn't. <laughs> I mean, Adam is kind of admitting. Yeah. I'm projecting Hank's <laughs> fate onto my sons. Yeah. Now, I guess maybe <laughs> I should give him credit for that because at least he's aware of it and yeah. is saying, I mean, kind of what he's saying is I can't be impartial about, about this because 
I look at Hank and I just picture my own son's future and I have to root for him. Well, that's nice, I guess. And, you know, to say, like, I'd like to think that there's someone for Hank. Well, absolutely. I mean, I want Hank to find great love. Mm -hmm. And Max. But I also want and Max. You know, I also want Sarah to find great love. Is that Hank? I don't know. And (sighs) something that did catch my ear in this scene is that she talks about being aware of his potential autism. Like, she says that it feels like a third person and... She can feel it. Whereas I feel like a few episodes ago when he was saying, I think I have this, you know, difficulty expressing emotion, trouble compromising. She's like, Hank, that just describes every man I've ever known. She seemed like a little skeptical. And now she's saying, now I feel it. And I thought, well, that's an interesting growth. Yeah. And I don't know how skeptical she ever was. I think maybe it was almost like an act of friendship, like, Hank, don't run right towards this just because some things seem to line up. You never know. Yeah. But but maybe it's one thing, yeah, if you're talking about, oh, my friend Hank versus am I going to get back together with him? And it also raises the same issues you had. So, Crystal, we are spoiler free. And when Hank first joined the show, he was just an asshole for a whole season. And they never mentioned that maybe he was autistic. And then it's something he discovers, like in working with Max, he's learning all these traits about Max and realizing, oh, I think these apply to me. And then he goes to a doctor and they say like, oh, maybe you do, maybe you don't. So we didn't want to give away on the podcast that we knew Hank was going to discover this down the road. But that meant that we had to evaluate all of his actions as if he were just an asshole. Yes. (laughs) Sometimes. And like, especially Melissa was feeling really guilty about it. She's like, people are going to think I'm so heartless criticizing this guy for like being blunt and rude with people when we come to find out there might be a neurological reason why. Yeah. But now I'm thinking maybe that is something Sarah has to grapple with. Like, Mm -hmm. how are the ways he has made me feel at times sometimes not good and do i get to hold him accountable for that yeah or do i have to excuse it because maybe it's something that's very hard for him to control or where in between those things is the line that would be hard yeah yeah i mean she'd really have to be more than okay with that to be treated that way even though uh, you know not saying that that's bad on Hank's part but I'm not sold (laughs) I'm already not sold that she's in this to win it so like if she's also having to juggle you know being okay with this behavior or not like I mean I just yeah I agree I I also think like the choice of if you can call it a grand gesture in this episode of him driving Amber, I think it was a really smart decision because it's the best kind of grand gesture. It's not like he intended it to be. It just sort of turned right. into one, you know? And I think that was absolutely the right thing to do. I mean, Amber was for sure going to get into a car accident. You know, she was just so like upset and she should not have driven. And that was, that was a really, I was neat- so relieved in the moment and I knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, Oh my God, thank God she's not driving. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, so like that was a really beautiful thing that he did. And yet here's the interesting thing. Like the more I think about it, the more I'm like, okay, so he does this. And so now the show is like rewarding him with Sarah. 
but like that's not how it actually works like you're supposed to love someone first i guess like i i i don't know like well yeah and could she just appreciate it as a fr- friendship gesture or something like okay yeah what were you gonna say yeah well i was gonna say counter argument okay especially in that scene with adam like where he's saying i can't guarantee that he's gonna love you the way you want to be loved and then one of them said something about like can he can he care for another person mm. or something and i thought his gesture with amber is answering a question she has about him which is can you care for someone yeah and it was a very caring gesture oh yeah and i think he kind of did it automatically i don't think it was calculated and i know no. i'm not saying you, you no, were saying this no I, I agree that it was yeah it was it done wasn't for calculated care for- to win sarah no it was this is sarah's daughter and i she needs someone right now i'm going to be here for her yeah. So I think it maybe answered a question for Sarah. Yeah. But I think your point is good also. Does that really mean everything that it seems to mean? And it also feels a little bit like a TV trope. I feel like this happened on Gilmore Girls a couple times where <laughs> someone was upset with someone and then, oh, they're in the hospital and then they get over it. Yeah. Like, Lorelai was having to fight with Luke sometime and then wasn't her dad in the hospital yep. and he shows up. Oh yeah, Christopher didn't show up when they were married. Yeah. Luke did. And it's like, oh, he really cares. <laughs> and I get that you would take that from that, but it feels like I just kept waiting. Anytime someone had a fight, I'm like, all right, who's about to have a heart attack? Yeah. It's a good point. And and yeah, I don't think that Hank is thinking like that, but I think the show is thinking like that. You know, I think the show is like well, we need to get these two back together because Ray Romano's a big deal. <laughs> we want him to stay on the show. I mean, I don't know if that's... But I just... It's so interesting because last season I found their relationship problematic as hell, but at least I bought that she was into him. And this season they've done such a good job of showing that she just thinks of him as a friend and she's over it that I I, I just genuinely... I, I don't feel any spark, really. I don't feel any... You know, I think that they get along as friends mostly. <laughs> I think he drives her crazy. And I think... I don't understand it. I don't know. And Crystal, I'm so glad that you picked up on that line of like, you could do a lot worse. I had not really picked up on that. Like, that's how they're going to frame this. Like, I would just never <laughs> say that's about sad. Mark, you know, well, I could do worse. So good thing I'm with him. Like what a terrible bar. <laughs> That's where we yeah. are. Yeah. Seems like a great fit. I could do a lot worse, you know? Yeah. Oh, well now something I'm really interested to ask you about crystal. So Ryan, this guy they're going to visit is Amber's ex fiance and he is a soldier in the army. So tell me what is your husband's title or rank now so now he is a major promotable so he will be promoted to lieutenant colonel in 2023 wow wow and that's in the army in the army mm-hmm. okay and what is some of the history between you guys in terms of like his deployments how often is he away how long is he away or do we need a longer podcast <laughs> oh man <laughs> From the way I'm you're rolling your eyes <laughs> The short version. So we have been married 15 years, wow. almost as long as you, Melissa. Um, well, <laughs> almost. We're working no, on it. You've been married longer. <laughs> we dated nine years and then we've been married okay. for nine. So yes, I know it's very weird, but yeah, you've been married but a, it's long a long time. It's long, long time. Right? Yes. 
but he, I mean, I couldn't tell you how many trips he's done overseas, but there's been a lot. He's been Afghanistan, Iraq, Kuwait. The most recent one, he spent all of COVID in Seoul, South Korea. Oh, wow. Oh. God. Well, I homeschooled our children. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. I have no other words, but oh my God. Yeah. No, when he got back, like I was like, one of our COVID projects is I made him buy me, uh, we built a bar in our basement. Cause I was like, I spent so much time drinking by myself while you were in Seoul. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so hopefully he gets to retire in about four years. So hopefully his time overseas is done. But yeah, I've been through my fair share of deployments. That's for sure. Oh my God. And I'm sure you have lived in fear of getting phone calls like Amber gets in this episode. Because a lot of the time, I mean, I'm assuming some of those times he's not in combat, but I'm sure some of the times he was. Yeah, the first 10 years of our marriage, when he deployed, he absolutely was in combat. So um, when I was at NYU, like there were times when, because I went back to grad school to just buy time while he was gone. So, and he was in, he was out, he was fighting. So, you know, there were days when I would go three or four days without hearing anything. They would be in a blackout because somebody had died and Uh. nobody is allowed to reach back to the United States until the family has been notified. So everybody's just like, you know, you're checking in with your girlfriends. Have you heard, have you heard, have you heard? And there would be three or four days at a time where you're just like, please, God, don't let it be him. Please, God, don't let it be him. And, you know, event, you know, he always did call, but, you know, he's had friends pass and um, he's seen it happen. Like, it's just, it is all, it's a very, it was, it was a very real part of our experience. The higher you get, the farther away you get from um, the action. So, wow. Is there any strategy to deal with that, with the not knowing and the waiting, or is it? No. Um, you know, I, I, my, my mom's dad was in the Marines and he was deployed all the time growing up. And, you know, my grandmother always reminded me (laughs) when Justin was gone, she's like, I I didn't even get letters. I got a paycheck that let me know that he was still earning money, but they would go three or four years. So like the Mm. fact that I could FaceTime, email, call, and not all the time, right? Like there were times when I, he just, he was gone for two weeks, but like we, I was reminded all the time how lucky I was that I had such an, I had the ability to be instantly connected, you know? Yeah. Now something we had seen earlier this season between Amber and Ryan was them FaceTiming and she asked him where he was. And he said he couldn't tell her. Is that your experience as well? Correct. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I just can't imagine. So now I, I've heard of a phenomenon, and I'm not sure if it's true, of people getting married right before one of them is deployed, like for a tour or something, like kind of like hurry up and get married. Is that partly because of what you said about you have to notify the family first, is it sort of like, well, let me just be family so that I am part of that. Wow. I mean, is that sort of wrapped up in it? I think that there's something to that. We got married because Justin's like, 
I'm going to be deployed for two years. So either we can get married now or we can get married in two years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but I know I love you. I, I, I know that I want to marry you. So yeah. we were like, let's get married. Wow. Um, but there is a culture in the army and you'll see that there is a very, very high divorce rate as well, but there is a culture in the army where yes, these young soldiers, they want to know that somebody loves them and is waiting for them at home. So, I mean, if you go into a military post, an army post, it's very much like stepping back into the 1950s. The women's generally are a little bit more subservient, although we are making headway. (laughs) Um, But yes, like the women, it's, it's very old school. You know, the women wait at home, take care of the babies and I never really fully identified as an army wife, (laughs) but, but, you know, was that hard? Just like having, I don't know, like this persona almost like that you didn't like really identify with, like, was that weird to take on? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, because there was any time that Justin was posted somewhere, there was an expectation that the wives would come together or there was an expectation that we would take care of the younger wives or, you know, we have to do events together. And there, you know, there's these family readiness groups, the FRG. And like, if if you're a good army spouse, then you will lead the FRG and you will do all this stuff. And I was just like, I'm going to go sing and dance on a stage in Ohio. So like, I'm out, (laughs) you know? And they're just like, Justin, you know, is your wife going to be involved in this? And he's like, probably not guys. Like (laughs) she's, you know, in New York city or, you know, so yeah, I mean, I felt disconnected, but in, in a, in a nice way also though, I have to say that um, the military very much takes care of their own. So anytime you meet like a military family, you know, there is this mutual understanding of the hardships that we go through the constant moving the deployments, you know, army comes first, you know, family comes last. So no, I shouldn't say last, um, second. Um, but like they, they have an ask of your soldier, your soldier goes, like, it doesn't matter if you guys have a wedding or a funeral the next day, your soldier's got to go. Wow. So. Man. Now, what is the protocol for notifying family if a soldier is injured? Like, cause in this episode, they said that Ryan is in San Diego. So I take it that he, I mean, he's obviously not overseas. I'm assuming he's not in combat. I'm assuming he's on a base somewhere. Does that mean that maybe there was like a accident in training or, or something like that? Would you imagine? Or Yeah. I mean, so there, I think that there could be several different scenarios, accident and training. He could have just gotten hurt and, when you're a soldier, there's a high um, a hierarchy of command. And so you've always got somebody overhead that is in charge of making sure that you're okay. You know, they very much take care of their own and you are their responsibility to make sure that this person is where they need to be. You know where they are. Like even my husband still has to ask for vacation, uh, you know, or like they have to know where he is. They need to sign a piece of paper. So they know where he is at all times. He's not allowed to leave like a radius of DC. Um, wow. But it's interesting you asked that question, you guys, because my husband, um, we lived in DC once before briefly, and he was in the old guard, which is the company that does all of the ceremonies for like the presidents and um, all of the really um, 
uh, important funerals in Arlington National Cemetery. But one of their other duties is also notifying families. Wow. And my husband had to do that. And so you have to memorize all of this stuff, you know, in like, you know, how to handle grief. Like, how do you discuss, uh, how do you break the news? Like, yeah, how how do you hand over the flag or the card or the whatever? It was just, that was one of the more difficult things that he would have to do. And he would also, so they would fly the bodies into Dover, Delaware. And so he would meet the helicopter and the families would just be there. And he would escort with his team, the soldiers would escort the body to the funeral home and escort the families. Like, I mean, it, it's quite, um, you know, for how difficult our, our life has been in the military, they very much, um, respect everybody's life. Um, their sacrifice, their potential sacrifice, and they very much take care of their own. So my guess is, yes, this guy had somebody in charge of him. And when they didn't hear from him or when they got a call from the police, absolutely, that sends like 12 other things going, you know, the dominoes just go. And there are policies in place to handle stuff like that. So they probably have a team close to where this guy was taken or close to where his family is. And their job is they were notified he's been in an accident. Their job is to be do what Justin did and go to the family and say, hey, there's been a, this. Um, we need, you know, here's how we can help you through this. You know, it's occurring to me now, would Amber have received a phone call? Because she's not his family. If she's not married to him, you are not considered family. And the Army's very particular about that. Wow. <laughs> So like, even though, even let's say, cause they were engaged, if he had had that on some form. No, because she's not, <laughs> we are dependents. And if, I mean, it's just, it's literally like a file, like who is your dependent? Who is part of your family? And if they're not blood or related by paperwork, um, and that is another reason that people get married so quickly. Yeah. So either we have to suspend our disbelief since that wouldn't happen or someone in an unofficial capacity called her. I guess we never found out who she got this call from. Maybe it was one of his buddies or his mom. Could it have been like, I mean, maybe if they had ever even met. Yeah. I don't don't know. I don't think they did. Or maybe she knew about her. Yeah. Now, if someone was injured overseas, would they ever transport that person back to the States for recovery or would they go to like the nearest base to where they were injured? Yeah. So this is all, it's so funny, these questions, Caleb. Um, so my sister-in-law was a nurse on the wounded warrior unit at uh, Walter Reed Wow. and actually married one of her wounded warriors patients. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Cool. Now that should be a um, movie. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool. So yes, they, let's say they get injured in Iraq, whatever they find to the nearest hospital, which I believe is in Germany. Um, we have a big post there, um, get them stable and then bring them to Walter Reed. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he got blown up. So like, I mean, he's just got his whole leg is just, I mean, she's, she is so like scientific. She's like, it's got to come off. 
<laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. Okay. That, it's so heavy. Like I can't, these things you're talking about, I'm like, I, I admire you for many reasons, but like, thank you for sharing this with us. But I, I just, it's, I can't even imagine like all of it. I can't imagine his job of like breaking this news to people or, or you just like wondering for days who died. And if it was him like that is going to stay with me for a long time. Like that's just yeah. awful. That must've been so hard. I yeah. When she and Ryan broke up, she went and said goodbye to him. And in that conversation, she said, I think what upsets me most is that you are going somewhere where I can't know that you'll be all right. Mm -hmm. And that a lot of what you're talking about makes me think of that moment of even if they're not together anymore, she just can't know that he's safe. And that would take such a toll on you. And didn't she say, promise me that you'll be safe or be be okay? Or like, promise me you'll come back safely. And and he just Mm -hmm. hesitated and he said, I promise I'll be careful. Like he made the promise that he could make. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you ever try to have your husband, like in the beginning, like make promises and notice that he would sidestep that? Yeah, wow. Um, He didn't sidestep it. But yeah, like, I mean, that's, and I never, <laughs> I knew that I was, being, I felt like I was being kind of like young and overdramatic. I mean, I was in my twenties and I was like, just make sure that you come back, you know, like just make sure that you're safe over there. And, you know, he was just, always, he was just always very confident in that he's like, I will. Wow. And I mean, and his confidence was um, contagious because even though, yes, those three or four days was scary, like waiting and that happened quite often because a lot of people died, but I just, I, I always felt, I felt very confident in his ability to take care of himself. And I'm just lucky that, (laughs) and it worked out that way. Wow. Did you ever feel that guilt like Christina felt, you know, when she says, why am I the lucky one? I'm sure you've known people who got phone calls that you dread. And did you ever think my husband came back? Why was I lucky? Or do you not ask those questions? Oh, um, no, I didn't ask those questions. I just felt very sad. Yeah. I guess because all of those people I knew, but I wasn't super close to, Yeah, you know, one of his like best friends from West Point was killed overseas. And then, you know, he's like, Crystal, he called me. He's like, this is what, this is what happened. He leaves behind his wife and his like two-year-old son. God. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, I remember meeting him. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, like my heart, like, how do you, I, uh, like, what do you, how do I proceed? How would I even try to reach out to her? You know, we, um, yeah. So like in instances like that, yeah, absolutely. I, I feel sad, but I never was, I didn't have survivor's guilt. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad too. One, you had enough going on, you know. You not asking those <laughs> questions is maybe the smarter, healthier. Because, like we said before, there's no answer. All it can do is drive you crazy, and to be sad and grieve is is maybe the more generous. Yeah. Well, you're not censoring response. yourself either. Like that's I, true. I mean, yeah. I do that all the time. I center myself, and <laughs> I don't mean to. And I think I'm being selfless. And then I realize, oh, I'm making it all about me. Like, it's an interesting thing, you know? Oh, your like, loss is really hard for me. Right, right. <laughs> you know? And so I think it's a beautiful answer, truly. Like, yeah. yeah, you're just letting their loss be about them. 
now. Well, I'm eager. That's this is a weird thing to say, but I'm kind of eager to learn more details about what happened to Ryan because I don't remember. I don't remember either. And they didn't say one word about it. He didn't look great. I mean, he like he looked awful. They did they did a good job with that. He's a handsome dude, and they made him look less so. You know, they just yeah. I did look up, I mean, I knew Berkeley to San Diego was not a short drive, but I looked it up. It's over seven hours. Oh my gosh. Okay. That was That's a pretty. No small favor. Yeah. And I, and then it made me even more moved that Sarah came to, I mean, of course she would, but I just thought, Amber, you're lucky that you've got two people in your life that when they hear you're in distress will drive seven hours just to be with you and they can't do anything, Yeah, but they mm-hmm. can support you I think it was more about Hank you know she just wanted to make sure Hank could go to the bathroom so I think that's why she (laughs) that was just a dumb joke I'm done (laughs) well another theme of this episode I think is maybe me liking scenes without being quite sure why Sarah and Hank at the hospital Mm -hmm. was maybe my favorite scene that they have shared all season yeah why hey oh hey Yeah, she's she's okay now. She's all right. How was the drive? Yeah, it was okay. No big deal. I'm. You know, Hank, it's a really long drive. It's a very yeah, big deal. Thank you. She was scared, you know. So uh, tried to talk a little bit, and then I just kept driving. But uh, it's all it's all okay. How but, is he? Uh, he's in surgery. Oh my god. Yeah, but but I think he's he's gonna be okay. Now. Yeah, she fell asleep about two hours ago. Really? Yeah. I had to pee for about an hour. Oh, no. Why don't you go? No, I don't want to, you know. No, it's okay. It's okay, baby. Amber, mom is here. Honey. Hi. Come here, give me a hug. Come here, my love. All right. Back in a minute. Sorry, I'm distracted now by the fact that Ryan is very clearly in a civilian hospital, right? If he was injured while on active duty, and that might not be the right term, would that ever happen? I think it depends on in prox- where he's injured. Like being on active duty, so like my husband's active duty, but he could be on a motorcycle driving down the street. And if he gets in an accident, they're going to take him to the nearest hospital. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be okay. like, uh-oh, guys, Let's go to Fort Belvoir, 10 miles It's a soldier. Because <laughs> he's a soldier and TRICARE will cover it. You know, like, no, no, no. They, they just like, they'll take him to the nearest hospital. Okay. Okay. No, that is true. Like, we don't know what happened at all. Yeah, it could have been just like a motorcycle. I, I mean, for all we know. Yeah. Yeah. So Sarah and Hank in that scene, they didn't really talk about anything. I don't want to say that important because they talked about Ryan. His health is important, but nothing between them you know, that has been important. And yet I just loved, maybe it was, maybe it was the fact that the focus was off them. Yeah. A little (laughs) bit that I liked. Like, how do you guys respond as a unit in crisis? Mm. Like, Well, this was a pretty good response. It seems like. Yeah. Like you were able to count on Hank to take care of your child when you weren't around. And now he can count on you to assume responsibility and then he can go self care a little bit. I think it's one of the only times we've really seen Hank not make something about him 
you know, and so like maybe to make it realistic, mm. he had to have the line about how he's had to pee for an hour. <laughs> like, but, but that's a small, you know, I mean, compared, like, it's just funny, but like compared to everything else he just did, that's probably the most selfless thing we've seen. You know, last season he was all like, well, you got to cancel your plans with your fiance. You got to come with me. I, I, I need you to help me get my daughter back. All of that sounded like gibberish to you. I'm sure Crystal, but like, like basically, <laughs> basically it, it was always about him and what anybody else needed didn't really matter, which I criticized, but now we can see that that's probably just, if he is, you know, on the spectrum, that's something he struggles with. And so for him to really be able to put them first and really, I mean, that must've meant so much. And, and I, I think the fact that he's not making a big to do out of it, you know, he's kind of downplaying it. That's kind of awesome too. Like, I think that he was like, Oh, of course I would do this. Not ta-da, you know? <laughs> so it's the most I've ever yeah. liked him. Did it up your opinion of him at all, Crystal, or were you already like, no, you can do better no, than it didn't. you could do worse. <laughs> no, I did. I, I felt like it was a really nice opportunity for us to see them as a unit. And I like, I don't know, just even just listening to the sound of his voice then, like he just seemed so grounded and sure. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, that to me, like if I were going to put myself in her position would make me feel secure and taken care of and I feel like that is something that is really important when you have a partner mm-hmm. and so yeah you know maybe she still hasn't thought about being intimate or she still hasn't thought about all these other things but that's a, I feel like maybe a good first step yeah. in the right direction of perhaps being able to see him as a partner once again because being able to be one another's rock I yeah. feel like is important and and I think he's showing it that point in time that he can do that for her yeah yeah and it's a unique way of planting a seed of affection to have someone care for someone's kid like Mm -hmm. it makes me think of in season three when jasmine and crosby weren't together and dr joe took care of jabbar when he had some oh his Gluten that allergy, or like he had rashes or something. Oh wait, no, yeah, I'm, I'm didn't with you. he injure his yes, something or other? You're right. Or dislocated his shoulder. I don't know. Yeah, and, um, cut out what I said because I was maybe yeah. maybe it was that too because Crosby gave him toot about it. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, how he was with Jabbar really went a long way towards showing her what his character was. Yeah. And I would imagine, I mean, Crystal, you're the only parent here. And I guess you've never had to court someone with your kids. You had them with the man that you're with. But (laughs) I would imagine that someone doing right by your children scores points with you. Yeah, I like I like other families or other parents if they're nice to my kids. Yeah. Yeah. If they're not nice to my kids, I don't like them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. (laughs) It's very fair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had a conflicted feeling at the end of the episode. The second time I watched it, it didn't occur to me the first time when Sarah and Amber go into Ryan's room and then she lets Amber go in alone. And I think that the last shot is you see Amber and Ryan through the window and you see Sarah's reflection in the glass. And I thought, why are they lingering on this? And I thought, well, in the first half of this season, 
Amber and Ryan were engaged, and Sarah was really, really not confident about whether that was a good decision. She felt like Amber was getting into something too intense and moving too fast. And I thought, wow, I bet when he re-enlisted, while Sarah, I'm sure, was heartbroken for Amber, she probably also felt some relief that her daughter had avoided getting attached to something so intense for her at that moment. And then here again, I feel like she must completely understand why Amber would want to be there for him, but maybe worried that she's going to get drawn right back. Like, well, Mm. now he needs her. He doesn't have anyone else. And now this pitfall that she avoided, she's maybe going to go right back into. Yeah. That would be hard. (laughs) That's hard. Doesn't he say, like, you're here? To Amber, is it like the episode is like, I'm still here, right? Like, is that what it's called? Or you're still here? I'm still here. I'm I'm still still here. here. Yeah. And I'm like, oh boy, that really comes up a lot. And maybe you're about to talk about that. Was that the theme for you? That was the theme. (laughs) I was also, I'm very busy while I was watching this show. And so I didn't dig a lot deeper than the title, but it did seem very obvious. So like, well, Christina is still, I mean, she's, she literally says it. I'm still here. Gwen is not. Yeah. But I thought Gwen is still here in a way when she Chambers gives him that check and the tree. The yeah. End. Oh, the tree. Yeah, that is. Nice Amber too. was still there for Ryan. Hank was still there for Sarah. And there for Nat- Amber. Yeah. Natalie was still <laughs> there for Drew. Thank God. Joel was still there for Crosby. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and maybe for Julia, maybe for too. Julia. He totally was. He tried to fix her dishwasher. dishwasher. Yeah. yeah. That's his love language, I think. It's like Camille and laundry. You know, it's like he just wants to fix stuff and help. I think I think it meant something. Yeah, for sure. I'm Still Here is also a classic Stephen Sondheim song Aww. from Folly. I'm still that's cool well i feel like we've wrung every drop of meaning (laughs) out can you believe we can talk we didn't have any more about the mold story (laughs) (laughs) crystal thank you so much for all that you shared yeah it was wonderful to meet you I can't believe these are like my first conversations with people. Sometimes I'm like, I love it. Cause I hate small talk. I'm like, let's get in it, man. Let's go deep. <laughs> it's so great. I love it. Yeah. Me too, Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> and we're glad that Justin is in safer and safer yeah. environments when he's away. Yeah. I hope that all he ever knows is health and happiness. Thank you. And for your whole <laughs> family. You. Aw, thank you. You guys as well and your families. Thank you. Thank you. So, Crystal, where can our listeners find you online if they want to hear some of your awesome singing or maybe follow <laughs> your upcoming performances? Or- um, so you can find me on Instagram at Crystal Nosser. Um, some really engaging, funny meme content. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. Love it. Funny dog videos. I'm really into those. I'm really into uh, those. <laughs> really into those. <laughs> Do you still do the crystals cuddlers? Wait, what was that? Yeah. So I, Melissa, I wanted to, I've always, this is still a little pipe dream. I want to open a no kill shelter called crystals cuddlers. 
And I actually started like a fundraising platform and I forgot where it is. So I think there's like $500 around there. Oh my like, Hanging around <laughs> in the universe. Just waiting somewhere. for the right moment and then you'll find it. If I can just remember, it's like before GoFundMe was a thing. Oh man. I well, know. if any entrepreneur out there is listening <laughs> and you've had a dream of opening a no-kill shelter, but you don't want to do it alone. <laughs> and you wish you had someone comfortable in front of the camera to be the face of it. Have we got the girl for you? <laughs> You're like, I just That's need right. someone who can give it an adorable alliterative name. Done. Crystal's Cuddlers is waiting for you. Just waiting. Right? <laughs> Parent pals knows a little something about alliteration. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot in common yeah yeah but what if the name of our podcast had no rhyme or reason to it like parenthood buddies although that would have had significance because they always use the word they call buddy. each other buddy all the time that's true yeah. parenthood friends <laughs> they'd be like is this about parenthood or is it about friends <laughs> yes yeah doesn't work i love it okay well oh um i should promote us oh wait yes yeah, um, that was weird. I'm so tired. Um, <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can like us on Facebook. We are Parenthood Pals everywhere. And you can find all of our info at our website, parenthoodpals.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, may God bless and keep you always. And may your wishes all come true. <laughs>